I'm Daisy. And I'm Terry. And this is the Monday Monday Mindset Mindset Podcast. Podcast. And this week, we're doing another recap episode. We thought we'd do another recap episode, looking back and reflecting on episodes so far, some of our takeaways, some of the things we've been doing at home, what's been working, what hasn't seemed to go down well last time. So we've decided we'll do them at odd intervals going forward. So I think I started last time, Terry. So this time you can kick off. Oh, thanks, Daisy. Um, So one of the things I was thinking about as I kind of reflected on the episodes we've had since the last recap, I noticed that several of them focus on stressful times and, you know, maybe a little bit of a unique timing of when we even started this podcast. That's so funny. You won't be able to see my notes. (laughs) But you said the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) See, great minds think alike. (laughs) But the idea that it really is, it's not that stressful times aren't happening for most of us at various times, but you know, this is a unique time that we're living through all of us, wherever we are. And I think both you and I listen to enough podcasts and listen to enough people that are current with what's going on, that it is a theme that comes out in almost all of our topics. And I really like that because I think that's what people are needing right now is support about how they're managing throughout this stressful time. And to top that off, I think both you and I have been in a housing search decision-making process about our next journeys on where to live. And so one of the episodes I was thinking about was the episode that you presented, um, Decision-Making Under Stress. And several times during this process of figuring out what I was going to do about where I was going to live next, that I went back to those three questions that you talked about and really thought about what do I hope to achieve What's likely to happen if I do this course of action? And then the last question basically is, is the payoff worth doing these steps? And there were a couple of times during this process that I had to have difficult conversations with potential landlords and reached out and made some offers and asked some questions that made me uncomfortable. And so I really had to think about these questions because it would have been easier for me to walk away and not do them. So the stress that I was feeling, it made these questions really helpful for me to move forward and do what seemed more difficult than I wanted it to be. And and the outcome was good. Well, that is good. And you've made a lot of progress. I know because we, I'm sure people are aware how much we talk behind the scenes. And it did certainly feel at one point I could pick it up my end and I wasn't experiencing it directly. It it just felt like there was this mountain of stuff (laughs) that you had to get through. Mm -hmm. And I've been familiar with it when, especially with certain sort of DIY jobs, there might be this DIY job that stares me in the face all the time. And I want to do this thing that is actually quite a small thing to do. However, 
before you can do that small thing, there's this other thing you've got to do before you can do that small thing. And the thing that's before that, in order to do that, you have to do something else. And before you know it, there's actually quite a lot of stuff (laughs) you've got to plow through just to get that little thing done. And it becomes this mountain of stuff (laughs) that you just sort of shove under the carpet and don't do it. And my typical route, I do choose that. I choose to sweep it under the rug and pretend that that small step isn't necessary to reach this small step. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, sometimes I would just walk away from some of those things that seem challenging. And some of our discussions, both with the podcast and outside of the podcast, have really just helped kind of helped me hold my feet to the fire a little bit and take those steps and keep making progress in things that I need to do. Another episode that we talked about this similar topic about effects during the pandemic was the episode, the recent episode on ambiguous loss. And it's been coming up a lot for me lately in my work with clients, Mm. talking a lot about this. And there's a great article that I'd like for us to put in the show notes for this one. And talking about Pauline Boss was actually cited in this article. But also the article talked about the idea of a concept of that we have a surge capacity, that mentally and physically, in order to deal with stress, our body can go into a little bit of a surge and get things done. But what's unique about right now is that we've kind of maxed out on this because it's been so prolonged. Most of us, our surge capacity has been overdrawn. So I think as we head into this next phase of whatever's going on with the pandemic, I think it's really important for all of us to keep that in mind that this is uncharted territory for us and we are learning how we deal with stress and how we cope with the uncertainty of what's coming and all of the ambiguous losses. So those episodes have really stood out to me in those conversations that you and I have had, have really stood out to me in how I've been navigating this. And I think it's good for you to reflect on and remind yourself going forward how good you felt getting some of these things done. I mean, it's felt so hideous thinking about having to get them done but I've I've so I've seen you on that side and then I've seen you on the flip side when you've actually managed to get them done (laughs) absolutely you've queued up for hours at the DMV or whatever it is and it's you feel really good when you've actually actually done it actually got the car back on the road actually able to do whatever it is it feels really good absolutely I think it's important to hold on to those moments and to remind ourselves of those, because it's all too easy, isn't it, to remind yourself of the problem side. You kind of forget the good bit afterwards. Mm-hmm. We need to sort of hold that snapshot. Absolutely. And it falls back into the episode we did on self-sabotage. Mm. These are some things that I self-sabotage myself with when left to my own devices and that I've been trying to approach some of those things differently. And that episode has also been one that has been very popular topic in my work at the fasting method because many people who are working on achieving a health goal or a weight loss goal have great plans and know what they're going to do 
but then run into some obstacles with actually following through with their plans. And so the idea of self-sabotage has been very prevalent in my work over these past couple of months, especially since that episode. And people really seem to love the book that Judy Ho wrote, Stop Self-Sabotage. So that episode also really stands out to me as being so prevalent in my, my daily life. It's like I said at the beginning, I'd written a note about this sort of this time of quarantine and COVID. And the two episodes that came to my mind were the ambiguous loss and also the heightened emotions one where she was talking a lot about, you know, the actual changes to brain chemistry. And I really like it when there's an explanation like that, having an explanation for maybe people's change in behavior mm-hmm. a way you can give them a pass i guess and also give yourself a pass for behaving in ways that you know maybe you don't like so much but once you understand that there's actually something chemically going on i think it makes it a bit easier sometimes to take these things but i think yes the ambiguous loss and this suddenly realizing that there's this layer of grief over everything it's going to be an episode I think that I link to quite often I already have a few times in my Facebook group especially with people saying they don't understand why they feel so bad at the moment or there are people much worse off than them and they don't know why they're they're complaining so much or whatever and I think it's a very useful episode to link to and say hey you know just take a breath and and listen to this there there is a reason you're feeling this way and it's a good reason and it's a shared reason and i think that that helps quite a lot when you know that everyone's in the same boat in some way and actually it, it is a shared experience and this whole comparison thing that sometimes it's not good to compare sometimes it is good to compare in the fact that we're sharing it and we should because we know what it feels like, hopefully that means we find it all the more easy to empathize with others. Absolutely. And I think it helps us not to avoid pathologizing ourselves Mm. and other people to know that it's a shared response. It's a normal response to an abnormal situation. That doesn't mean that we won't work on doing it differently in the future so that we don't maybe yell at someone because of something or whatever, but to know that we're not alone in it and to know that our responses are not as pathological as we might be assuming. Another thing that crops up, it wasn't going to be something I mentioned actually, but it just came to mind because it seems to crop up often. And what I like about it is that people are finding their own way of doing it that works for them and that's just the basic principle of gratitude journaling but I keep getting this little feedback with people having their own questions their own unique way of doing it and I've really enjoyed that I think my favorite one so far was and I think it actually came out of a keto woman podcast episode with Gail Straker talking about one of her questions is what did I learn about myself yesterday Mm. and I really like that but I love the all these different slants people are using and different questions that are thought-provoking and pulling different things out rather than feeling the need to just follow a typical gratitude journaling template 
they're finding their own questions. And so I've really enjoyed hearing that feedback. There are a couple that have really been up at the surface for me these last few weeks. One of them is the creation, maintenance and destruction episode. And that's been right in the forefront of my mind as I've been clearing through my barn. And I think I've mentioned in a couple of episodes how much I was dreading the prospect of having to go through my barn. I have a big barn that I have just filled with all sorts of stuff. The part that came to mind most of all was the maintenance section where she talks about maintenance turning into stagnation. And yeah, those words were just ringing in my ears as I went through my barn. I have been here nearly 17 years now and most of the boxes out in that barn <laughs> have been there unpacked for 17 years. So it felt like it was going to be a monumental thing to get through. And actually, when I knuckled down to it, I've got through the bulk of it in a week or so. I surprised myself. I do now have the contents of those boxes strewn all over the house, but have been going through them. But it was just in my mind all the time. I've had this, so I've had this long period of stagnation and it really was time to get in there and clean house, have this period of destruction to make way for a new creative phase in my life. So I literally, I felt like I was living that cycle <laughs> out there in the barn. <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned that one because I was thinking something similar that both you and I, again, in our kind of housing moving transition right now, really highlight that process. Although you were in maintenance basically for 17 years where it became stagnation, I am on my third move in two years, mm -hmm. a little less than two years. And big move too. This move will be quite a small move. but This move will be tiny. Those two were huge. <laughs> yes, this is just across town, very easy to do. But the idea that even that, there is destruction in mm. or loss in the life you have in a particular place and a location and changing that and letting go of that. But I think it's been even more evident as I've been listening to you talk about your next steps is the creation that comes from where we're headed, but that we needed to go through that process. You needed to go through all of those boxes in the barn. And some of that does feel like destruction and grieving and losing and letting go but it's really what opens up for the next creation part of your life that's coming. And it's been kind of fun that you and I, I know we're, the processes are different, but it's kind of fun that we're going through it at a similar mm. time. I send you pictures of places I'm looking at, <laughs> yeah. talking about how I would arrange furniture, and you send me pictures of places you're looking at and how you would revamp them. And it's just been exciting, I think, to see how this concept kind of plays out right now for both of us in that arena. Mm, definitely. The other big one for me, and I find this so funny, as you know, I've spoken before about my rebel tendency and I really saw it come into play with this. And it was your episode with the five second rule. 
And people might remember that I was really taken by this system, the 54321, and was wanting to apply it to getting up earlier, which has always been a problem for me. But I should have known better. I should have known that no kind of fixed system, no kind of anything that had even a whiff of trying to tell myself what to do was going to work. <laughs> because anyone who knows about Gretchen Rubin's four tendencies, in particular the rebel tendency, will know that we just do not like being told what to do by somebody else or by ourselves. Trying to impose new habits on ourselves is painful. And although I was very taken with it when you were talking about it, and I did try and impose it and I tried to use it in very easy ways that were going to be easy to apply. I didn't actually try and apply it straight away with, with trying to get up. But what's really funny and what's really interesting, and I have been researching a bit about the four tendencies because, and we encourage people to do this, take this moment if anybody does have a request about something they would like to hear us talking about. Maybe you could just talk about that now, Terry, interject a bit. You had a request for us. I did. So a lot of people that I work with through my career listen to us and apply things that we're talking about. And I had a client ask me about something about behavior change. And he said, well, I know Daisy talked about that she has the rebel tendency, and I'm curious, how does she manage something like this? And I said, well, I don't know, but I will ask her. I know you and I both talked about it, that this would be a great topic for you to do an episode on. It's something that you know a lot about, and it's something that's been really a useful concept for you. And so by him asking that question, it encouraged us to do an episode on a specific topic. And so opening that up to people, if there's something that you're interested in that fits somewhere along our scope of what we listen to and explore, that we'd be happy to, to talk about it. And it was so funny when you mentioned that to me and I thought, yeah, why haven't I spoken about it before? Because I do, it's something I talk about often we were talking earlier before we recorded and I think it was maybe because I felt the need to have to read the whole book again before mm -hmm. I did it, something like that. But but it is going to be next week's episode, so listen out for that. But here is a sort of a bit of a teaser, if you like, because it's something I learned about myself, but it really does fit. And it's an interesting side effect so if we go back to 54321, and I thought this sounded like a great strategy and that it could work for getting me out of bed in the morning. It sounded logical when you were talking about it. And then, like I say, afterwards, I thought, no, how's that ever going to work? You're, you're a rebel and you're fighting against it. You're already fighting against it when all you're asking yourself to do is get up and do the washing up. It's not going to work. However... What happens with rebels is that if they decide something's a good idea, they will do it. Rebels do what they want to do because they want to do it. 
And really, the only problem comes is if they're trying to apply a new habit that they don't particularly want to do, or if somebody's telling them what to do. Even if someone's suggesting something that might be quite fun to do, Gretchen talks about in one of her presentations, that could even be someone coming along and says, it could be you, for example, saying to me, hey, hey, I read this book. It was really interesting. You should read it. Well, I don't want to read it. <laughs> and it's not, it's not necessarily quite as bad as that, but you get, you get my drift. It's this immediate knee jerk gut reaction whatever somebody is trying to tell you what to do, you don't want to do it and you quite often want to do the opposite. And that applies to yourself when you're trying to impose new habits. However, there was obviously a part of my brain that I'm not aware of that knew this was a good idea and that wanted to get up early. And we've spoken about this before and we have, I have had the odd period where I've got up early and I feel that I do better. I'm much more productive when I get up early. I feel better. I'm happier. It's generally a good idea. And so the way I see it was my brain picked up on what you were saying. It picked up on here is a potentially really easy method to get you out of bed in the morning, which is something you would like to do. But I'm not going to listen because somebody's trying to tell me to do something, even though it's really easy. Uh, you know, five, four, three, two, one, that's all I've got to do. But I'm not going to do it because you're not going to tell me what to do. However, <laughs> this layer of my brain was working behind the scenes, thinking it was a good idea and just decided was going to start getting up early every day. <laughs> and so I have been getting up early pretty well every morning unless I've had I've had a few nights where I've slept really badly and I've slept in. But as you know, as you can attest to because I've been catching you at the end of your day and I can only do that if I'm up early. I have been getting up early and it hasn't been a challenge. I haven't had to 54321 myself out of bed. I've just decided and wanted to get out of bed. And interestingly, something I read in the book, I think, or it, it might have been, it might have been on the talk she was giving, but I think it was in the book. And this applies in our work as well. It's certainly something I see in keto a lot. And it's something that applies to rebels is that if you can make this new habit that you're trying to start, if you can make it part of your identity, then it's who you are. It's not something you're trying to do. And I think that's the part of my brain was working on. And it decided, I just want to be an early morning person. So I'm just going to get up early. It's not something I have to do. This is just who I am now. I don't know, but this is, this is me theorizing how it's fitting because it was just so funny that within a very short period of time after recording that episode, I started getting up early, <laughs> all of my own accord. <laughs> yeah, that's so interesting because as you started talking about this and saying, you know, I don't know why I even thought that worked for me, in my head I was thinking, what do you mean? You've been getting up earlier. <laughs> Clearly it's been working. So it was great to hear you talk about there was a different route that caused that. And it reminds me of a quote from another author that you and I have talked about. And we talked about this in an early episode. 
Nir Ayal, who wrote Indistractable. Um, I follow him now on social media, and one of his quotes that I really liked was something to the effect of true behavior change or true habit change requires identity change. Mm. It's not just practice or reinforcement or you know doing it enough times, but it requires identity change. And so for you to look at it as it being part of who you are versus a habit you need to enforce, it freed up your resistance. You didn't have to resist it. Mm, that's interesting, actually. That Yes, and that is what it feels like because... Once that resistance was removed, I mean, it's been effortless. It's it's not like I don't I don't set the alarm. I even have mornings where it's well, it's time to get up now. I look at the clock. Actually, it's a bit early to get up. Yeah, I'll go back to sleep for another hour or two, and then I'll get up because that's still going to be seven o'clock or something. You know, it's really strange. That's great. But it yeah, it's very true. It's almost like some kind of yeah, blocks just been magically lifted to unveil what was already there and has been being blocked. Mm -hmm. So rather than trying to enforce a new habit, rather than trying to make a change, it's just somehow lifted this resistance that had at some point had been imposed to reveal actually who I was underneath all along. That's what it feels like. It's, it, yeah. I find it fascinating <laughs> and highly amusing. <laughs> the takeaway from this might be listen to what we recommend in the podcast and then do something different about it. <laughs> I guess if you're a rebel. It's <laughs> great. Exactly. And I think, yeah, I think there's a lot to be said for just letting things percolate away in your brain, but to kind of allow your brain the freedom to take them and do what it wants to do with them in its own subconscious way and just to roll with it. Because that's what it felt like. It felt like a part of it was working behind the scenes mm -hmm. to sort it out and unlock this resistance and then it just happened. I've not set the alarm. There's no way to try and enforce it at all. It just happens. Well, Daisy, I am glad that my recommendation of <laughs> applying someone's strategy worked so well for you and that by not applying it, you have changed the habit. So that's great. Yeah, it feels pretty huge. So in wrapping up this recap, I wanted to just again invite people, if you have something specific, a question for us or something you'd be interested in a conversation about, we're open to your feedback. We hope that you also take our episodes and sit with them and let them percolate and see what comes out of them to help you in your life. And we hope that you continue to listen and enjoy this journey with us. And make sure, especially if you like inspirational memes, if you like quotes and things like that, come and join in the fun on social media. We're on Instagram and Facebook. We share audio clips from that week's show, but we also put some extra quotes and things in there. And we're at Monday Mindset Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And also, if you do feel like helping us make more episodes, you can find me on Patreon. The link is below. If you feel like supporting me there, that would be fantastic. 
And just a quick side note as we go here, you may hear some background sounds, and that is compliments <laughs> of Daisy's bulldog uh, uh, bets. And she is having a great slumber during this episode. We we soothe her so much that she is just uh, sawing logs like you would not believe. So you'll probably hear bets. Yes, I think it's one of those episodes where I'm not going to be able to edit her out. She, she has got it on top volume today. She does. She does. <laughs> well, I think she's going to go into into the week after a lovely snorry sleep. <laughs> I hope you do too, Terry, and everybody at home. Thanks, Daisy. Have a great week. Bye, everybody. Bye.